Hello and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today we are continuing our read of The Lost Metal with chapters 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. Seven entire chapters of uh, The Lost Metal this time. Wherein Wayne and Marisai get into a fight. Or they kind of get into individual fights at at, at a point, and uh, that goes you know as about as well as it could. And Wax mainly has some has some uh, fun with his son, which was uh, some really sweet uh, kind of stuff to read. And also meets the new ambassador from the south. So I'm Data, and with me is Joe, Jack, and Jamie. Hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. chunk of chapters this time uh but we're i think we're gonna have uh, that a couple times this book because like i said before the chapters are kind of shorter on the whole so what did you guys think of these seven chapters oh wow well what a, what a great way to start a a book off here a nice nice fight we we see our heroes have progressed with the use of their powers and their strategy in the years that we've missed so really cool bits here with wayne being able to use his bubble in different ways he's you could tell that he's grown both in character and in battle strategy very cool fight between marisai and this uh this trail dude you know good got some good spooky vibes in there too which i always appreciate a little bit of spooky vibes not you know vibes like of spook i don't appreciate that but the vibes where you know things happen that are creepy yeah no spook vibes please let's let's get rid of those wax and his son i mean it's just it's adorable right it's also i don't know why it it shouldn't annoy me but it also kind of annoyed me that he's rocking around with his dad i know it's supposed to be cute and fun but i don't know something about it bothered me and then yeah uh, i'm i'm gonna agree with you that i was a little bit like oh okay i'm you have harnesses and stuff but i'm a little bit scared of what's happening here yeah yeah it just seemed you know wax is one of those guys he kind of does whatever he wants and his son's obviously into it and you know he got to poop on an airship which is all fun but you know i was just kind of like i don't know about this and then uh yeah we meet this really kind of i don't know what the word is for it i guess uh, there's a lot of tension between this this new admiral named ambassador and and wax uh obviously there's been some kind of shift in and policy back with the Maoish, or at least that's what wax believes has happened because this guy's definitely uh, i don't know if xenophobic is the right word because it's probably not but he's definitely like Maoish or better we could have taken you if we'd have known about you a few years ago you know all this other stuff so that was that was an interesting dynamic to kind of see i guess and then i really liked the stuff with Marisai coming back the constabulary um doing her job ready being very supportive of her i would i agree with her that like if i walked into my place of work and everybody applauded me that'd be super awkward so totally get that so uh <laughs> yeah but overall I, I really enjoyed each of these chapters 
I, I do have a little bit of problem with the pacing. I don't think that these chapters are paced very well, especially with like how many chapters they are and how they cut back and forth between the perspectives. That that part of it kind of bothered me. But other than that, I, I enjoyed the content um, itself. I think it could have been tightened, like maybe a couple chapters could have been combined and stuff. But other than that, great stuff. It is nice to see Marisai being successful at her job and people appreciating her as opposed to the last time we saw her when she was just all everyone like hating on her and stuff on Reddy's behalf because they feel that he got passed over or whatever. So I guess now that he's in charge, he doesn't have to feel like an asshole about it anymore. Yeah, which that was the situation in the last book. But of course, we were we were not in Ellendale very long in the last book at all. So we didn't really get to see that dynamic play out. Yeah, I think the only time we even heard from Reddy was like the telegram when he confirms their identity and says, like, be careful of uh, not letting Wayne steal stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, like, I, I think the Marisai stuff was my favorite part about these chapters. Definitely. So, yeah, seeing her dynamic with Reddy made me think, oh, you guys have come a long way. And it's actually really cool. Like. I get the feeling in the six years they've had to work together very closely, ready in that position, and like they've come to have more of a mutual respect for each other. So I'm I'm really glad to see how that's all panned out. Her fight scene with the Trellish agent was terrifying. I, I really liked that. I thought that was a great action beat. Yeah, I think the Marisai stuff was definitely the, um, the top, like the best parts of these chapters. Like I like the wax stuff. I thought him flying around with his son was fairly cute, and like meeting the Maoish. The new ambassador was interesting, but it's very much a uh, let's see where this goes. Like it's def- definitely a um, this is setting stuff up, so it's it is kind of cool now. But it, like the payoff for it all will come later. Whereas like all the Marisai stuff was very much in the moment. We are getting this paid off now, and so that was just satisfying, I think. But on the whole, good chapters. I feel kind of greedy with how many we got this time. <laughs> um, so yeah, looking forward to bigger chunks, I guess, but not really, but kind of. Yeah, I guess I guess we'll have to see on that. But yeah, there's bigger chunks, but not bigger te- chunks of text. Uh, yeah. It, it I, I agree that the the the, the Marisai and Wayne stuff kind of feels more rewarding in the moment than uh, than the other setup stuff. And it it maybe that goes along with what Joe was saying about the pacing, where it's like we have this these big action beats, and then we're cutting back to like Wax hanging out, having a good time with his kid. It does seem a little bit uh, like breakneck the the jerking back and forth between the two but yeah yeah but i i guess i've I've read so many book series where the perspective between characters does flip back and forth that regularly so it didn't bother me as much but i I can see that i can see your point but we get some cool it's fun how wayne and marisai are both developing their alamancy and using it in combat more and marisai's got the the new version of the grenades or whatever from the previous book and that was something that made me think I feel like Wayne is developing his alamancy because Marisai is now his partner and she's pushing him to do that. Wax wouldn't have thought to, you know, teach him to improve. Like she herself is improving, so she's encouraging Wayne to do it as well. And Wayne is taking that on board and is doing that. I feel like that's a that's a very different dynamic to what we've seen of Wayne before. So it's nice to see they're working together, but she's pushing him to try and just do better in general. So, I, I, yeah, I, I, I thought that was a nice dynamic between those two characters. Yeah, it's true. It, like her first forcing him to grow to some extent is uh, that's nice to see. And it's interesting because we've had three books so far and Wayne's never like kind of improved in his alimantic abilities, at least that we've seen. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, I can do all this uh, stuff that I couldn't do before. Like the last six years have uh, done well for him. Yes, yeah, so that's, that's very much her influence. Mm-hmm. 
Like, so it's, it's cool to see like, oh, this old dog is learning a few new tricks thanks to someone else. Yep. Marisa is good for him. Yeah, I'm really enjoying just seeing all these characters actually find a bit of a a bit of a happy place. You know, we Marisa is doing super well at work, and Wayne is just getting better. Wax is, you know, happy, happier than he was out in the roughs. You know, I like that scene where he was like, like, you know, I don't. Wow, I actually don't want that anymore. You know, I've missed it, but I'm not longing for it. It's it's a big change for him. You know, Steris is happy, and the kids are great, and it's just like, oh. Yeah, cool. They're all happy. They're all doing their thing. They found their their spot, and we just know it's going to go to shit <laughs> real quick, I think. But yeah, I I can sort of see the points about the pacing. Things some are a little bit slower. I feel like obviously we're trying to get to a point where they that obviously they all meet up at the same time. So I assume that's where we're going to pick things up. So the wax stuff sort of has to get dragged out a little bit further than that. But I quite liked the the jumping between, you know, where everyone was up to and, and sort of back to Marisai, back to wax. I thought it was cool. I I love wax as a dad. I think that's really fun. Yes, safety is probably questionable. I also probably wouldn't have decided to take my five-year-old to, to meet the, uh, the airship. I probably would have said, hey, maybe you should go and be with mum for a minute while I <laughs> – go and sort that out you know but he did get to poo on an airship now how many five-year-olds can say they've done that so definitely so so some winning points I guess in the in the dad column for wax there but Max seems like just a really cute little kid and you know the some of the things you can relate to I mean obviously we don't have a five-year-old but our buds are you know almost a year and a half and the the laughing and the joy they get out of things and you're just like oh I love that and I love that Wax loves that about his life and yeah it just makes me really happy but um uh, you know characters are fine I'm really excited about the story and you know finding this extra spike and the the mystery of Trell and how uh, how deep it goes I guess with with all the characters and then the the religions that we've already established I think that's that's going to be really exciting to learn about and I'm also really happy that we've yes we're setting up a story but we've already had some action we've already had some stuff watching yeah, obviously we have Wayne's developing with his speed bubbles being able to overlap them and pull individual people out of his speed bubbles I thought that was really cool and everything that like Marisai is doing with the the alimentic grenades and stuff that's all really cool too so I think, yeah, I'm loving where everyone's got into six years. Sometimes you look at a time jump and go, no, nah, too much, too much. That's just the purpose of having a time jump. But it's nice to see that our characters have actually grown and developed and things have progressed in that time, but not too much that you you jump in going, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It feels just about right for uh, the growth on these guys. I love what you said about everyone being happy and you're like, and of course it's all going to go bad because that was – that was my thought and when you especially at that moment with Wax when he's just like, you know what, I'm actually happy for the first time in like all this yeah. time. Like I'm satisfied. And I was like, Oh, don't say that. Like, oh, that she, means now, like, you, now oh. you've said it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm sad that that's gonna happen, but I'm happy for them in this moment. Yep. Agreed. He he deserves to be happy, even if it's just gonna be for a little bit, maybe. Who knows? Um, okay. I guess let's uh let's move in to these chapters, because we got a bunch of chapters to go through this time. So when we left off, 
Wayne and Marisai were trying to plan uh, an attack and then were surprised by a guy peeing and it all went to hell. So it's time for a fight to break out. And so she's they go to because there's only the one door leading out of that uh, big cave to where they are, at least that they know of. So Marisai sets up and just like pops the first couple of guys that come through with her rifle to make anyone else scared of coming through. And then Wayne calls the Alimentic Grenades magic boxes. And he's like, yeah, magic boxes from your boyfriend. How many of them do you have? (laughs) (laughs) She has three Alimentic Grenades, one of which Wax charged for her before we left. So that's I hadn't even considered that that and maybe because we didn't never knew how long these things could hold charge before. And apparently it's longer now than it used to be. But that's a cool idea that you could like get a different Alamancer to charge one for you so you can use it later. And so she's also apparently gotten real good at like tossing these very precisely, which if these are going to be a primary weapon for you in battle, you probably would practice throwing them just right. And we get a note that like Alec does revere uh, all metal born so we all we saw the last time was him finding out at the end it's like oh by the way i'm an alamancer too and being like oh um okay but here it tells us he's equally impressed with her abilities and so i don't i mean if if he's uh, as worshipful of her as he was of wax i think that might make for an awkward relationship but whatever it's not none of my business he does his worshiping in the bedroom <laughs> oh my <laughs> I also like the fact that it's like with the new designs, she doesn't actually have to go into a bubble to charge the thing, which, yeah, that would be a big drawback of trying to use those in battle. And so of like 30 guys in here, she manages to trap like 18 in bubbles. And it's, she's, it says that the, the grenades have a 10 minute charge, but I guess that's like 10 minutes of real time, which will be way longer for them. But they pull, they pull them out of the bubble and it turns out one of them is actually aged quite a bit so much <laughs> like a broken hip or something it's like <laughs> what day is it one year sorry about that man sorry or i guess actually technically it's way less time passes for them than passes outside so yeah it's it's oh uh, yeah yeah i, yeah, I wasn't thinking about that right their children have grown up or something <laughs> it's, it's uh yeah have we talked about that or have we addressed that in the past like wayne possibly aging faster because he uses so many speed bubbles Maybe that's why he's doing the old man jokes. We've mentioned it once or twice. I think I, I think we mentioned it like in the first book, and there was a whole Brandon quote, which it boiled down to "Don't think about it too much." <laughs> that that yeah. sounds like the kind of thing that he would say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just don't think about it so much. <laughs> hey, it's what, like, what, why you gotta be like that, man? That reminds <laughs> me of like, uh, there's an episode of Family Guy where he's like, "Oh man, I feel bad," and uh, his friend's like, oh, "I don't feel bad, Peter." And he's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I remember that, yeah. He's like, oh man, I feel so bad. No, don't worry about it, Peter. Wow, I, I just never thought of it like that. <laughs> I, we get at one point Wayne comes back and he's been shot, and Mary's like, sloppy. He's like, hey, now any fella can accidentally get shot now and then. And she asks how much Bendeloy he has left, and he says plenty. And she's like, I'm proud of you, Wayne. You're being frugal, like I asked. And then there's this whole thing where she's like, she's thinking she's legitimately proud of him. He's he gets an allotment from the department, and early on he was always running out. But then it turns out that's because he kept using it for stuff that was not part of the job, like paying playing pranks on people, sure, sure. pulling people's pants down, messing with their stuff. You know, makes sense to me. 
if I was going to use Ben Deloitte, that'd probably be one of the reasons, ways I would use it. So expensive, <laughs> though. And so then we see the cycle breaking off, and Marisai decides to run him down while Wayne stays and takes out the other 11 guys that are left, not in speed bubbles. And she's like, are you, I mean, you are better with groups, but are you sure you can handle this many? And he's like, I mean, most of those boxes are full of stuff what goes boom, right? And she says, yes. And he goes, sounds like fun to be had. So, and that's when he points out that he can, like, use his bubbles to, like, go in and grab the guys out of the slowness bubble one at a time after he's beaten all the other guys in the room. And she's like, Wayne, I didn't know that you had, like, you were getting so much control over that. That's great. Have you told Wax? Which is kind of random, but it's like, your dad will be so proud of you. Go and tell him. Actually, though, uh, I mean, the way he sponges off of wax, it's kind of like he's he's their kid. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although it sounds like he's spending a lot more time with Marisai now than he does with wax. Since they're I don't, partners. Don't know if he's yeah, still he's living hard. in wax's house or what. But Yeah, apparently he's in some kind of financial trouble, which is, is like the opposite of what we thought six years ago. We thought he was like super rich now. Well, I said he was super rich. I said he's like one of the richest men in maybe he's like electrical adventure girl. If he's like. Uh, maybe her patents have dried up or something. Mm. She's thinking about the ex- like him setting off explosions, and she's like, "Okay, I guess I'll you know leave him to that. Hopefully, he knows what he's doing." But any blast that separates his metal minds from the bulk of his body would leave him dead, just like Lord Ruler when he'd lost the bands of mourning centuries before. <laughs> I, I know what this little bit of of script is doing. It's it's giving us some exposition about how his powers work. But I also am like, I don't think in the middle of a fight, Marisai would be thinking, well, you know, if he gets blown up too too much, his his bands won't work. Like, she wouldn't be thinking of all the technical aspects of it in the middle <laughs> of the fight. Maybe Steris would, but I don't believe Marisai would be quite that, like, prolific in her head about exactly how it works. She already knows how it works. Why would she be thinking about how it works in her head? It's like the phrasing. if uh, An explosion that separates his metal minds from the bulk of his body. Like, oh, he lost 80% of his body if- from the metal mines so he's not gonna make it now right yeah it's like like who i don't know i wouldn't nobody thinks that way that's not like a normal way to like put something together unless like i said you're like steris and maybe her mind works like that but in the middle of it especially in the middle of a fight i feel like those are not the things that would you would say in your head not in that way anyway it's unnatural pulling the fight part out of it i'm curious as to what is the worst thing that could happen to you that you could come back from Mm-hmm. Like, they talk about being shot in the head that you can't recover from that. What is, like, what could, how many limbs could you lose? Like, what, I know, 80% of your body. But, like, I want to know what's the worst thing that could happen that you could come back from. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, me too. And I, I feel like a lot of these fictional characters that have these healing abilities, they take a lot of liberties with what they can come back from, you know, for many years uh, with the X-Men as an example, it's like Wolverine. It's like, well, if he gets his head cut off, then he, he can't survive that. But then I think in like the Civil War comic, he was in a nuclear blast and it was just his bones and somehow he healed from that. So like, you know, the rules aren't always set in stone, I feel like, for this kind of stuff. That annoys me. Well, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like, especially in comics, it's very much a, it depends on who's writing the comic because they make up, they, they'll just change the rules as they, as they see fit, at yep. least in, like a series like this it's one consistent ride the whole way through so you at least hope they that he will keep the rules consistent but like yeah like when wolverine or deadpool have their heads cut off they always make a point it's like well the body can't 
you know, make oxygen. Hell, the amount of times like the bad guys have nearly killed Wolverine by trying to drown him is through the roof because like, you know, it doesn't matter if you can heal or not. You can't just make oxygen for your lungs. So yeah, I don't know. I, I guess that'd be the same for Wayne, but I guess it depends on which organs he can survive mm-hmm. temporarily without, or how quick he could grow them back. I would wager that Brandon has a pretty good idea in his head of the limits, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he will put them down in black and white on the page for us. Or even if he does, that the people saying it on the page actually understand the truth of how it works. As we've seen many times before, they don't always necessarily uh, know as much as they think they do. Yeah. And I, I guess if he has the rules like himself, but he doesn't spell them out in the book itself, it gives him a bit of leeway just deciding, uh, Originally, I didn't think Wayne would be able to survive that, but I've changed my mind. Now he will, and he's mm-hmm. not—he's not retconning anything. Yep, that's yeah. that's that's the smart thing to do is leave yourself a little leeway just in case something cool needs to happen. Yeah, don't don't establish yeah. the rules unless it's proven that whoever's saying the rules doesn't quite understand them themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's always <laughs> been an interesting idea for me about writing in general. Like, if I was to write fiction, I feel like I would need like a character bible where I wrote like all of yeah. the different different personality traits of the characters but then like i don't you don't want to set those in stone i've actually seen interviews with writers and be like yeah i i had set that down before i even wrote the story that this person was gonna do this thing at some point in the story and i guy kind of wrote myself into a corner where it had to happen but when i got to that point in the story i really wanted them to do something else and so it's like you have to find this weird balance of of knowing your characters very well from the outset, but also leaving room for like future creativity or, or things you want to change while the story develops. So it's, yeah, it's kind of a yeah. weird, yeah, it's kind of a weird balancing act. I feel like. And sometimes you'll get into it and you'll be going along and then you realize that like the thing you'd originally planned, like the character that you've written now wouldn't do that thing. And so it's like, okay, hold on. I have to, or sometimes you just get inspiration yeah. based on the personality for the character that you've developed. And you're like, wait, like, Actually, they would do they would say this next. And Mm -hmm. so you can surprise yourself sometimes. It's interesting. Right. So, okay, so we move into the next chapter, which jumps back to Wax and Steris, and they are kind of commiserating over the uh, the Senate disaster, basically. And it's like we did everything that we could do. And at first, Wax is like, did we do everything we can do? I know you had more ideas. And that starts setting her off where she's like, wait, did we not? And then he has to come back. He's like, no, no, we did. We did everything that we could do. You're right. You don't doubt yourself. We we did. We worked as hard as we could to get this, and it, it just didn't work. We got to move forward. And he get he pulls out the the an envelope that he finds in the corner of his desk. He's like, it has a bullet in it, or what is this? And it's an earring with a note that says, "You'll need to make a second one once the proper metal arrives." And Wax goes, "Not today, Harmony. Leave me alone." Because I found that very interesting. Because it's like. Like, he has to make his own earring. Like, he's obviously delivering an earring, and that earring is potentially to talk to Harmony, so why why would he need to make another one, and what other metal would it be? Mm-hmm. The only thing I can think of, based on, and you know, I'm kind of burying the lead here, uh, or I'm not burying the lead here, I, like, the only thing I could think is the Marisai's got this trellium, and that maybe he need, he Harmony wants to make an earring out of trellium, but I don't know. I mean, how I guess, really want to open him up to Trell's influence. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how that how those spikes work or how that would work as an earring. You know, I don't know yeah. how much control he has with that. But mm. yeah, because I guess you got to ask yourself, like, if Harmony wants an earring made, 
he has access to presumably whatever metal he wants. So if he's telling Wax to make one, then it's like, well, what metal mm-hmm. would Harmony not be able to make? But at the same time, Dax, right? It's like, if it was that one, is like, is that really a good idea? I wonder if if wearing both at the same time would help, like, give some of that powers, like, lessen some of the power of both of them. You know, like mm. a bal- more of a balancing thing. But I don't know. I mean, maybe like, but the the bloke that Marislife lights in these chapters has. Like spike, one spike of tre- of trillium and spikes from Harmony's influence as well, and he seemed to get along okay. It's true. I guess we don't know like the extent of what it would do, but yeah, he definitely had um, both like metals from both in him. So, and I'd kind of hoped that Wax had you know made peace with Harmony at the end of the last book when he had his after death or near death experience, whatever you want to call it. But he's uh, still a little pissy. Where <laughs> she says, "What's that?" and he goes, "Something from Harmony." So probably something useless. I was like, oh, geez, okay, burn, God. I think it's more a case of, like, he's acknowledged that Harmony's made a good point, and so he's not quite as harsh as he was. Like, he's not throwing the damn thing out and raging at it, but he had some very strong feelings about that that he held on for a long time, and I can Mm -hmm. totally understand, like, even after years, like, there's still a little bit of that resentment. He may not hate him as much as he used to, but he's still just a bit... We're not on the best terms. Yeah. Yeah, and even in that point in the last book where he's talking to Harmony and Harmony's pointing out some truths about him, it's I, I think it says like he while he understood it also like didn't make him any like happier. He was just like he was annoyed that Harmony was making so much sense. Basically, it's like <laughs> he's got kind of that petulant side to him where he's like, no, it's I I thought about it this way, and you're I can see that you're right, but I don't want to admit it. Basically. He's still upset about it all, which is fair. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to blame him. Like, some pretty messed up stuff happened back in Shadows of Self. But. Yeah, and I mean, I guess you can look at something and go, okay, I understand. I do understand why you made the decision that you made. And when we talked it out, I get it. But it doesn't change how I felt at the time. And it doesn't erase those feelings that I had. And it's like, okay, we just have to kind of agree to disagree. It's like if you have a, a, a massive fight with your best friend or something, you might patch it up, but it's still a bit weird for a while. That's, I feel like, where we are. Mm, I like that. That's a good comparison. I like that. Yeah. It's all, There's also a good note that it's like, so Steris technically is a survivorist, but, uh, you know, being this close to actually being involved with God has uh, given her a little bit of a different view on things. <laughs> Maybe I have to just slightly switch up my views a little. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know she's got, like, an itemized list of everything about, you know, the proof of the existence of God and the faceless immortals and all the stuff she's went through. And she's comparing that with her list of, like, the tenets of her, of the Parthian religion. And sort of just like, now, where can I find the similarities so that I can still follow this religion while, while acknowledging this is a thing? She probably holds all of the answers to the mysteries of Trell anyway in some of her itemized lists. <laughs> she's already, she's already compared it all and has figured it out. And she's just going to wait to see because... She's only seven percent useful or something. <laughs> Marisa is just like moves moves a paper off their desk looking for something related to her case, and she picks up this binder. It's like, hey, what the hell is this? And Sarah says, oh, that's all the proof of Trell and like everything that he does. And like, what? Yeah. Her powers of deduction have include uh, deduced that this is this is how it all goes. That would like, surprise me. Flipping through the binder, she's even got just like, so here's a shard, and it is this shard, and like. How do you know this guy? Like, oh, I interviewed our new driver, this guy named Hoyd. 
I love the I love the set the sentence where it's just like, well, he and God had history. Like Wax is like, yeah, me and God, we we got history. It's a, it's a whole thing. And so he's he's not he's just not in the mood to deal with Harmony right now. And then Max tugs on his coat and he's. I gotta say, I don't know if I mentioned it last time. Maxillium is a weird name to me. And I get it, it's like Waxillium, but you can shorten mm-hmm. it to Max, so it's easy to say and stuff. But I was just like, C- come on, just, that, that's just, odd. Just go for Max. I agree. Or or just name him, you know, ster- Sterilium. I don't know, something more interesting. <laughs> that sounds trying like to sterile. Combine, no, they're trying to combine their names, Steris and Waxillium. Sterilium. Actually sounds like, like a waxes. 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 I like that better, actually. <laughs> yeah. Or he could have, you know, he could have honored his buddy and called him Wayne, Wayne Jr. Oh, my but, God. Can you imagine how egotistical that would have made? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, at least his name's not Lestborns, you know? That's true. Yeah, that's true. That would have I mean, Steris apparently likes traditional names, so. Yeah. Could have happened. Yeah. Okay, so a, a question to the group. If you could name your child after yourself, but changing only the first letter, what would you name your child? There's no way that that comes out good for me, so I'm just uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I mean, I guess I could name him Mo, but that sounds terrible. <laughs> uh, let me think. Poe? No, I hate Poe Dameron, so not that. Let's see. Poe? Not so good. Yeah, Doe? Also not good. That's what Homer says. It's also a female deer. <laughs> deer. Yep. Uh. You know, Zoe might be cool with an X. I mean, or, well, it could be like a Zoe if it was a girl and you just replace yeah, the first name. D-O-E. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, that, that, I mean, Bo, but that'd be a really weird way to spell Bo. <laughs> Foe. You could name your kid <laughs> Foe. Um, yeah, not naming my kid Foe, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't he's work. A, yeah, he's already been named, so we're good. We don't need to, we don't need to go down this rabbit hole. Name your son Yo. Yeah, be like, hey, honey, let's rename hey, him. Yo. What do you want to rename him? Yo. She's like, yeah, ah, uh, no. Anytime you call it, I was like, hey, yo. She'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go stay at my mom's for a while. So. Yeah. It's funny. I had to, somebody on the Discord the other day was talking about, uh, it's like, I saw this post where this person was talking about how, like, Data from Star Trek and Data from the Goonies are the only two people in history ever named that. And it's like I, told, I was like, you should, you gotta listen to this podcast. And I was like, well, I mean, technically, it, what what I'm using comes from the Star Trek character Star originally. Trek and they're like, wait, that's not your actual name? I'm like, no. Uh, Who names their kid Data? <laughs> yeah. And so I explained that uh, for Jack yeah. and myself both, we we did not use our actual first names on the podcast, and apparently this was this blew some minds. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> so the brothers, Data and Joe, like what, what parents? What parents would do that? It was like you clearly, you clearly had had one geeky parent and one and one down to earth parent, apparently. Oh, yeah. You no. each got a name in yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. For all you know, Joe's not even my real name. It's true. It might not be. Yeah. I was gonna say Joe and I need to need to come up with a code name for this podcast. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think it might be a bit late for that. I'll be yeah. uh, a little bit. I mean, Jamie's not my real name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll be uh, I'll be J Money, and you can be. Oh well, we're both J, so that doesn't. Yeah, work. that's it. Uh, <laughs> well, if you're going to be J Money, I'll go 
Joe money? No. <laughs> but, <laughs> we should like we that. should probably reverse that. Uh, <laughs> I'll be Joe Dog, and you can be Joe Money. Jay. <laughs> She's also Joe. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> oh gosh. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> but yeah, Dak is not my real name, and it's not from the Star Wars character that we talked about a few weeks ago either. It's like so it was something None else. None of you are gonna guess it. <laughs> yeah. It's so obscure, nobody's gonna ever know. Which yeah, is actually just like, the, look, the lamest. To be story. honest, <laughs> Dana, I can never remember your real name. Every time we yeah. talk about it, I'm like, Dak, what's his name again? So you know, even listeners, I don't know his name. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, I, I, I you don't remember. People. Yeah, I, I don't I was, remember. I was like, at this point in my life, uh, I think actually more people that I know know me as Data than by my real name, so it's fine. Yeah, it's what it is. I think Jack yeah. has the same thing. Yep. You know, we we're children of the internet, and a lot of our friends called us by names that weren't our that were like our screen names or whatever. Like, so there's a lot of people that know me by my real name, but then a lot of other people who know my real name but call me by my screen name online. It's just a thing. True. Yep. yep. If you're into Final Fantasy, you might be able to guess what my screen name is. He's he's a big Final Fantasy nerd. Nerd. Yeah. Nerd. Yep. <laughs> Oh. As people people didn't know that by now. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, well, if you're if you're at, with us on an episode like 131. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy nerd. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're with us all the way to episode 131 from the beginning, I think you should know uh, that I'm into Final Fantasy. I think we've referenced it quite a few times. At least a hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just go one more. Red 13. Red 13. Red 13. Red 13. And the that's not my screen name, by the way. Although that's a very specific call out, given that it's not what we were just talking about. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I always think of Chondra and Red Thirteen. Oh uh, yeah. Tenson yeah. was a dog for so long. Talkie dog, sure. Um, but speaking of Wayne Jr., we get little Max is like, <laughs> "Is you sad, Paul? I hate the sad. It's right bad. They is." That, that, <laughs> look, I didn't hear Wayne Jr. I heard. Is your sad Paul? There's a boss about here again. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. It didn't sound like Wayne's like kind of British Cockney thing. It sounded yeah like a like country bumpkin. It's like, is your sad Paul? He's like, shut up, boy. <laughs> From the audio book, it did sound like Wayne, and I got oh. really confused. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was doing a really good impression of Wayne. Well, because I didn't, I didn't listen to the first lot of the chapters. I read them, but then this time I listened to them, and I'm thinking, I was like, oh my god, is like Max William is actually Wayne's son? <laughs> like, oh what's my going god! Harris <laughs> and Wayne had an affair. Oh, that I would mean, never no, happen. But I was just like, what is this? Why, what, Max? Why do you sound like that? <laughs> I think it's more likely that st- that I would like Spook than Steris and Wayne would have an affair. <laughs> I, 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 I agree, Agreed. but oh my god. I just We talked about, before we even knew for sure that Wax had a kid, we are like, don't let him spend too much time around Wayne. And see, yeah. this is the kind of thing. This is why. Yeah. Is she sad, Paul? I darn hate the sads. I always just, just go to um, Dragon Ball Abridged, and they're talking about Vegeta as a parent. And it's like, it's like would you leave Vegeta alone with a kid? Well, not my kid, says the mother of his child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 
Max is like, you know what makes me feel better when I'm sad? And Max is like, oh, hugging Tenny? So he's got like a, a stuffed Chondra, a stuffed Ten Suni pup or whatever they're called. And Max is like, well, I mean, yeah, that, but also uh, flying? <laughs> and here comes Hoyd. Your carriage, sir? And Hoyd's like, or Wax is like, yeah, thanks, Hoyd. You take uh, the others. I'm going to go ahead and we're going to fly. So, Man, he really wrote this dude off. I was just like, Hoyd again? But didn't Hoyd leave his service? Now he's back? I'm, I'm confused. So, yeah, yeah he, Ho- Hoyd worked thought. for him, showed up as a hobo uh, a, a while later that threw a coin at his head and now works for him again. I'm just like, Hoyd, like, are you just stalking Wax at this point? Also, Wax, when are you going to get put two and two together, man? It's the same guy. I mean, he even says his name as Hoyd in both in both situations. And I, I I think we talked about it at the time, like when he threw the coin at Wax, which is like, Wax, is. do you think Hoyd's like a common name? There's just a lot of people have that or what What, what, are, you, what are you doing? Yeah. <sighs> He's like oh. James of Skadrill. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> He probably ran into Hoyd one day, and he's like, oh, yeah, didn't you used to work for me? And then, oh, yeah, you were that guy that gave me that coin. You're a cool man. Hey, you, you need work again? I, I need a new carriage driver. <laughs> my last one had an accident. Yeah, no, my last one kept getting mad because I kept breaking the carriage by jumping out of it real fast when danger would happen. So <laughs> it was a whole thing. And so the the chapter ends with Wax strapping Max into his uh, the uh, harness that he has to strap him to his body. And then... They're standing outside as all the senators are leaving the Senate house. And Max turns and yells at them, don't none of you get jealous or nothing. He can give you a ride for cheap if you ask real nice and stop being a pile of bad turds. <laughs> Which, I love the bad turd return. That was great. <laughs> yeah. But see, it's like, don't. See, don't let your kid spend time with Wayne, Wax. It's just, <laughs> gonna call the senators bad turds. As opposed to good turds? Well. And so we, uh. We cut back to Marisai, who is hunting down the cycle. And this was an interesting bit of chapter for me because she's like, you know, creeping along to catch him if he's hiding somewhere. And in when I'm reading it, I'm like, no, Marisai, like he ran off down the hallway to escape. Why would he wait to fight you when he could have fought you in that room if he wanted to fight you? Like, don't he's going to get away. And then it turns out that, no, actually, he is waiting in there to ambush her. So I guess shut up me. I mean, maybe he recognized because he obviously knows who she is. I yep. think I think we get that from the dialogue. He recognized both of them and thought if she if I can get her on her own, she'll be easier to kill than if I tried to fight her with the with Wayne there. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that I guess I wasn't aware of is that like here he jumps out at her. And also it turns out he's a ferrochemist and he gets bigger and stronger, which that's a, that's going to be a problem. But he's like, Trell has wanted you in particular, law woman. So kind of you to deliver yourself to me. And it never occurred to me that Trell would have like a bounty out or something for Marisai. So I was not expecting somebody to be wait and jump her. That's true. I was you were speaking from when you were first reading and I was speaking from hindsight. So, But no, it does make sense knowing that where he's like, Trell wants you. I'm just like, well, why would it take you guys so long then? It's not like she's been hiding. Maybe they've maybe Trell's been trying and like all his agents keep failing badly. He's like, you, you fuck ups. What is wrong with you? <laughs> She's one woman. Uh, that's I, that's what they have been saying about Wax, probably, except with Wax, he's one man. Yeah. It's like, why yeah. do you keep feel, dying, you cowards? <laughs> I feel like I feel like we did get that sentiment in the in Alloy of Law. It's like he's one man. What what what? How is he confounding you this much? But she notes very quickly that the cycle is 
moving awkwardly in his bulkier form. And she's like, what kind of pharaoh chemist doesn't practice with their – like, how, how is this, like, new for you? And so I'm sure all of us probably were instantly like, well, obviously he's been spiked. Marisai does not jump to that conclusion. So I guess maybe the I'm the only the one. You guys? You th- <laughs> in the heat of the moment, she's, like, she's not thinking straight. It's just like a – well, that's weird. Yeah. Because, I mean – Yeah, like, it's like, more of a reaction than a thought-out thought. Yeah, because, I mean, like, hemology is still comparatively rare, and, like, if it's been six years, like, we don't know how many hemology people she's run into in the True. interim years. So she yeah. might might have, like, not forgotten about it, but just, like, it's been a while since she's, like, really thought about it. Yeah, and we've been witness to all the weird shit from before the Catacendra. She's not really privy to all that information, so we kind of expect weird crap, like a spiked <laughs> guy to jump out at you, so. It's true. I had a random thought as well, like, again, trying to figure out what Shard Trell is. And then like, I think I was just half asleep one night thinking about the chapters and like, the, and the guy had had all the spikes driven through. And I was just like, is Trell just the Shard of plagiarism? And he's just <laughs> stolen all these ideas because he doesn't have an original one himself. I love that. I yeah. mean, it does sound a bit like that sometimes. Like, why are you doing the same thing? It's like, oh, I'm going to come and burn the world down. Yeah, that was ruined, shtick. You're not wrong. That was definitely a thought of mine. It's like, oh, we're just going to have to kill everyone. I'm like, do you not have your own thing? Like, <laughs> Maybe Trell went to, like, deep freeze, like, Dr. Evil, and it came back and was like, I'm going to make it like Prince Charles had an affair. And everyone's like, um, um, it already happened. <laughs> <laughs> this is him coming back going, I know, Ash! All of the ash, sir. This is we've already done that three hundred years ago. Yeah, one million dollars. Yeah, exactly. And they and they all laugh at him. So Marisai gets into a fight with this dude, and things don't go super well for her. She she even uses the grenade that Wax made her, but she's not holding it quite right, so it almost flies out of her hand, and also like you know shoots her rifle away from her and stuff, which is not the best thing. But uh, as the, the guy grabs her, she pulls out a thing and stabs him. And then she's like, glass dagger. It's, it's a classic, which I loved that. Yep. And then he starts to heal from that. And she's like, oh, damn it. He has ferrochemical healing, too. And this is when she connects the dots. Like, OK, well, you can't just have two ferrochemical powers. So at least no one that she's ever heard of. So clearly this person's using hemolurgy. And then his eyes start to glow red. Which is, that's even a a level beyond what we've seen from other uh, situations. And he says, Trell is choosing hosts, avatars bestowed with his power. How would you like to be the accomplishment that proves that I'm worthy of immortality, law woman? All you have to do is die. So yeah, that's not good. And uh, she uses the grenade to push herself across this little chasm. To get away from him, which it was kind of a slick idea, although she's not experienced with pushing herself through the air and it it does not feel good when she bashes into the wall on the other side. Unfortunately, uh, he's super strong from his ferrochemy and he just runs and jumps across. So that ain't good. And so she's thinking like, okay, shot to the head should stop would stop a regular blood maker. So maybe it'll stop this spiked up dude. And she manages to, to put one into his skull or three technically into his face, as as it says. And as she approaches, the holes in his head start to reseal, and she's like, oh, rusting hell. And so she has to rip his shirt off, and she finds four spikes pounded into his ribs, just as she suspected. 
And so she pulls out her knife and starts digging them out of his body. She's like, I got to get him out of here before he finishes healing. Which you and, do. Yeah, right? And then she notes that one is a strange metal with dark red spots like rust. And she's like, oh, man, I've been looking for one of these forever. Sweet. And as she rips the spikes out or uh, the first of the four spikes, I guess it says, the guy's eyes are glowing red again. And he says the ash comes again. The world will fall to it. You will get what you deserve and all will wither beneath a, beneath a cloud of blackness and a blanket of burned bodies made ash. So that's not good. Have we been here before? I feel like we've been here before. Yeah. I don't know. Do anyone anyone have any thoughts on what on earth that means? Or what on Skadrial? Yeah. What on Skadrial? Uh, Trellium makes volcanoes. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's coming back. Okay, I'm, I'll allow it. And then right before she yanks out another spike that stops his healing finally, he says, your end comes either in ash or at the hands of men of gold and red. So that, that's a callback to, I think the last time we heard about the men of gold and red was Miles when he died, so, yeah. actually. It's like a thing that you see right yeah. after die, I guess. Yeah. I think she she I'm mentions that, doesn't she, in the later chapters? Yeah, probably. And so Marisai is just going to lay down for a little bit because this has not been good. I've had a trying day. Yeah, she had she had a, a bit of a fight. You know, it happens. And we cut back to Wax and Max flying through the air, having a good old time. Wax sees here what he thinks is a Malwish trade ship hovering over the city. Although, as we later find out, it is actually a warship. So uh, that that's a whole different sort of message. And they go up to the roof and they start playing a game that Max came up with that's basically like, Alamancy fetch or something where Max throws the ball up with a little piece of metal in the middle and Wax has to use Alamancy to shoot it off to another roof and then they fly over to the other roof and grab it. So uh, They're both having fun. That's what matters. And this is when Wax has like the introspective moment where he's looking out at the city and out towards the roughs and he realizes that like I, I finally I feel like I love my life here as much as I did my life there. I, I belong here. I want to be here. He's like, man, just realizing that is amazing. Is it, though? I feel like that's not good. <laughs> it's like, Wax, your character development is over, you say? Hmm, okay. Keep that in mind. Wait a minute. It's happening at the start of the book. Oh, no. <laughs> and so while they're playing their game is when he notices, like, that's no trade ship. That's no moon. It's a warship. And he's like, you know what? I think I'm going to go check this out. I'm going to keep my five-year-old son strapped to my body and fly up into the sky to check out uh, a warship. Because why not? Genius, farmer. Genius. Start his education early. And so experiencing other cultures. Well, okay, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Pooping in other bathrooms will uh, let you learn a lot about that culture. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) While while the admiral and your dad just wait awkwardly outside. It's like, so, uh, you have to go to the bathroom a lot? Yeah, he's a kid. (laughs) Yeah. Like I yeah. said, I mean, he, he can't wait. I mean, just wait till you have one, Admiral. I'm, uh, I'm actually sterile. Oh, I'm sorry. That was probably something I shouldn't have brought up. Okay. Well, uh, nice ship you got. But so Marisai gradually makes her way back to the room where she left Wayne and finds that he's sitting there with a bunch of tied up guys playing cards. 
And Wayne loses this hand of cards. And the type guy's like, I mean, you you can see what's in our hands. Why would you play it like that? He's like, I got to pretend I can't see your cards, friends. Otherwise, where's the sport in it? Cheating's one thing. But if I can just see what you're going to do, then might as well be playing with myself. And there are much funner ways to do that. Oh, Wayne. It's true. <laughs> so Wayne has ended up with 15 of the guys held captive, which is interesting because if you'll recall, there were 18 guys in bubbles and 11 guys left. Uh, not in the bubbles. So he killed all 11 of those. And then also three more of the guys he was capturing one at a time, I guess. I, I don't know how that happened. Unless I guess maybe the explosion could have killed some of the ones in the bubbles still. But anyway, Wayne prefers not to kill. So she wasn't surprised he'd taken so many captive. And she's like, uh, Wayne, you're sitting here playing cards. I could have used some help. And he's like, nah, by the time I had these guys all tied up, you... You already had that fellow in the suit down, and I saw you resting. Seemed best to give you some time. So Marisai's all bloody from the fight and uh, and digging the spikes out of that guy. And Wayne's like, damn, did you, did you turn to cannibalism? And she's like, really? That's where your mind goes first? I mean, one sees a lady covered in blood, and it goes to a natural place. Wondering if she feasts on the livers of people what she defeated. <laughs> Not that I'm judging. <laughs> she's like, Wayne, you should you should judge people for that. I'm just saying. Right. Shame on you, then. <laughs> Uh, this is Wayne is fun sometimes. Oh, and I kind of skipped over the part where she notes that like the trellium spike doesn't like the other spikes. It like pushes away from them. So that's also kind of interesting. Yeah, it's a whole thing. And so Wayne understands how finding trellium is a really good thing for them. So he's like, we should celebrate. You save me any liver. And it's uh, like, why are some of these guys barefoot? <laughs> he goes shoelaces when you don't have enough rope. It's an old roughs trick. Uh, by the way, uh, shoelaces aren't going to hold them real well. So one of these guys is going to get loose and like come out with a knife or a gun or something here in a minute. We need to do something. And they have code names for their stuff, too. She's like instant backup. He's like, oh, that's a great code name. Yeah, I do like instant backup. That's a good one. It made me think of get help from, uh, from, from <laughs> yeah, Thor 3. Yeah. And so Wayne runs off and she puts up a bubble and to distract them from being in the speed bubble. So nobody notices she starts reading their rights off to them. And so she's thinking back to miles and the men of red and gold bearers of the final metal will come now today. The guy's saying the ash comes again. And she's like, well, that can't be true. Right. I mean, the world was reborn. Or was it bump, bump, bump. I don't know. And then as she's thinking about stuff, she sees a person outside the bubble. And it's not Wayne. It is a female figure with a black cloth mask over her face who walks up, stands outside the bubble, looks at them for a second and then takes off. Oh, no, Wayne, there are ninjas, right? That was my first thought, too. Like, we we got a ninja now. This is this can't be good. Yeah, this was probably like the most foreboding thing in the chapter section that we read today. I was just like, well, this can't be good. Yeah, we just have absolutely no context for this. Yeah, I mean, any any theories? I mean, it's a little early for predicaments, but any theories about who this is or what's going on? I mean, the mm-hmm. mask? Secret ninja society? The mask maybe think is this connected to the Malwish. I know they have wooden masks, but we've seen them use cloth masks before, so... Yeah, I don't know. No, that's like, true. I, that's a good thought. Yeah. Because, like you know, we know that there are different tribes in, like, the Malwish of, like, one of a few tribes, even though the map says the Malwish continent or whatever it says... So it could be just someone from a different tribe coming to size up. You know, Marisai's got to be famous among the Malwish now. So they might be just trying to get get her measure for some reason. I don't know. 
Yeah, or maybe now that they've unified, this is like a, a contingent from another tribe, like you said, but like that are particularly good at espionage and spying. Yeah, yeah. That's a cool idea. I thought it might be Telson. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Also possible. Yeah, she did get shot in the face. Well, presumably she healed from that okay, but there could be other reasons <laughs> she needed to cover her face, I guess. Mm. Nah, she's yeah, I'm just thinking if you're kind of being stealthy and trying to figure out stuff, but it was the coming up and sort of making prolonged eye contact and then going away. It's like it's enough that it's a blur. If she knew about the speed, uh, the, the bubble, possibly, if she knew about the bubble, then um, she might realise that she can get a good look of what's going on here without tipping them off because it's so much quicker for them, maybe. Good day. Yeah. She's gone rogue. <laughs> but uh, uh, rogue. Uh. Roger, yeah. <laughs> but uh, not long after she leaves, Wayne and the rest of the constables show up and they drop the bubble, start collecting bad guys, and the evidence, well, the evidence Wayne hadn't detonated. <laughs> and that's the end of that chapter, except that they're going to go, they're going to, they need to go talk to Wax, but first they need to go take a shower because she's like, Judging by how you smell, Wayne, I don't even want to know how I smell. So let's. And then we go back to Wax, who is uh, who's going to check out the warship. And he can't quite make his way up there with just his pushing. Uh, it's a little too high for that. You win again, gravity. <laughs> <laughs> but they they send a little skimmer yeah. down to collect him when it becomes obvious, I guess, that he's trying to go there. So that's polite. Sure. Imagine he's doing like four or five jumps up towards this ship and just keeps like trying and trying and trying. The Maoist is just watching him. It's like, should we let him in? It's like, no, let's see how long this goes for. <laughs> like, ah, oh, this twin born thinks he's so cool. Huh? Can't even get up to our ship. And so we find out there are five different nations on the Southern continent and the Maoist are the, the ones they've interacted with the most up to this point. And the only one who sent an ambassador this is a diplomatic ship, then where is the ambassador? I am the ambassador. Oh, okay. All right, sounds good. But you're like Vader. Are you sure you're the ambassador? Yeah. I'm just a mean ambassador. Max and Wax. It just sounds weird to say to me. Maybe it's because I'm used to Wax and Wayne, but Max and Wax, or Wax and Max, sounds mm-hmm. like a, it's a little too rhymey for me. Maximum yeah, Wax. Yeah, Wax and Max. Yeah, Max and Wax sounds like... A Disney cartoon adaptation of of like this story where <laughs> you you go on adventures with with Wax and his little son. I was say Max Max and Wax sounds like a laundry product. Oh yeah, I can see that actually. Yeah, sure. You put it together with like wasn't Smiling Obligator had a had a laundry <laughs> detergent. That's right. The Smiling Obligator cleans tough messes. <laughs> They got bought out by Max and Wax a few a few <laughs> centuries later. Yeah, Max and Wax will make your floor shine. And then it has like a you know like the little sparkle sound at the end where it's like ching. <laughs> but Max is so excited to be on an airship, a real airship that he's like trembling. But he's also like he's he's being a good kid, a good really good five year old. He's he's standing there patiently holding his dad's hand, and he salutes the person who they find waiting for them. Very cute. And it says that this guy must be the captain, judging by his intricate mask, carved and inlaid with six different metals in a pattern. I'm picturing like a metal Majora's mask on this guy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I I thought of um 
two different things. Like uh, I thought of Judge's masks from Final Fantasy twelve. So you, to know what I'm talking about, you can look that up. Final Fantasy twelve Judge. And then I thought of the masks of like a Praetorian soldier in like Rome or like a gladiator in Rome. Oh, yeah. I thought of both of those different kinds of masks. The description of wood with like inlaid metal makes me think of the mask from Jim Carrey's The Mask. Yeah. Not the oh, not the yeah. Jamie Kennedy one after the good one. <laughs> but yeah. And the the captain immediately recognizes Wax and says, unless I miss my guest, honored once bearer of the bands. And Wax's like, Yep, that's me. And also taker of the was, bands. Yeah, was that like a subtle like F you, like the once honored holder of the bands? Like you did <laughs> yeah. have them. Like I just don't it, it's weird. <laughs> I had them one more time than you had them. <laughs> no shit. Uh, and so he 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 immediately jumps into like accusing them. You should have given those back to us, but you took them. And he was like, actually, we gave them to the conjurer to be held so that no one could use them. If you, if you need to be reminded of that. And the guy introduces himself as Admiral Dahl, and this is his former ship, Blessed Thief, which is an interesting name for your ship. He has been chosen as the new ambassador from the Malwish Consortium. And so he's like, wait, the Malwish Consortium? That makes Wax think, it seems like the unification has been completed in the South. Okay, that's not uh, great for us. What about Jonas? Jones? Jones with two N's? I don't know how you would say that. Uh, Joannis? Private Joannis? (laughs) (laughs) She will be returning home. It has been determined that she has been too familiar. And Wax is like, great. We got an admiral, a military dude, as as the new and the former ambassador has been too familiar. She's too nice to y'all. So maybe maybe that's what happens when you elect a military man as your governor. They're like, okay, well, we will retaliate. Makes sense. (laughs) They get into a medal war. It's like, I've I've got this many medals. Yeah, well, I've got this many across (laughs) both sides. (laughs) And like the uh, the Ellendale governor just looks at his just like, I need more medals. For my other side. <laughs> Trade with Wayne some more. Some some frilly ribbons. Just make it look real good. This is just a bottle cap. Why does it say Lone Star? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta at least yours are made out of metal. Mine's just a little packet of pills. <laughs> was the, the robot chicken thing? It's like after the Death Star got blown up. It's like like Han is looking at his medals, goes, Hans Olo? Come on. And Luke pops in and goes, mine just, mine just says participant. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they get into an argument, basically, about which side has had the better deal in their trade so far. Neither of them is happy, basically. Although Wax does kind of start thinking about the fact that uh, there's something weird about these medallions. Like, they've got medallions that do the weight and the language and the heat. But why wouldn't they have, like, ferrochemical strength? medallions to have an army of super strong dudes or mental speed or any of that other stuff or medallions that make you an alamancer they haven't seen any of this stuff there's some sort of secret that they're not he's, he's like there's something more here that they're not telling us and so while they're kind of staring each other down max is like dad i, I need to go potty it was um during marvel civil war there was an issue where of cable and deadpool where they were on opposite sides and so they were fighting but they're also stuck together because of their teleporting thing. Like they always teleported together. They they both hated it. And uh, Cable dropped into the Oval Office to talk to the president about the Superhero uh, Registration Act. And Deadpool like teleported in with him. And Deadpool had been tied to a chair for like twelve hours. So like 
Cable and the president are trying to have this big talk about registration. Deadpool goes, I'm sorry, Mr. President, I need to pee. And they all just look at him and the, and the president just goes, yes, it's just down the hallway there. It's like Secret Service guys, can you help him out? Thanks. Yeah, no, that sounds Deadpool-y. <laughs> Classic. And yeah, the, the admiral's like, he can wait. And Wax's like, do you have any children? Five-year-olds do not wait. So yeah, then they awkwardly stand outside the restroom. And Max is like, wow, it's so small. <laughs> so excited. And then while they're standing outside the bathroom, the Admiral's like, so the band's warning, they're safe. And Wax is like, I mean, I assume I haven't actually seen them since we gave them to the Chondra. And the Admiral's like, uh, completely unrelated topic. Uh, I saw those gun emplacements your city has out there. I mean, what's your max range on those? A thousand feet, 2000 feet. And then he's, he's, he's like making intimations. Like, I mean, I wonder what would have happened if we'd met during a more warlike era. I mean, one quick bombing run and you guys would fold like an old flag. And so uh, yeah, they're, they're kind of making some veiled threats, mostly doll, but Wax gets, gets his little share in here too. He's like, you know, I wouldn't want to find out if I was you people. Who are you calling you people? <laughs> and finally, the guy's like, look, yeah. I'm not here to start a war, but uh, the band's warning, they should be with us. They belong with us. And Wax is finally like, I mean, stop, has to stop himself. Be like, I don't speak for Allendale. Even as, as a senator, I don't speak for everybody. He's like, I mean, you should take that up with the governor and the Senate then. And maybe with God, which is not just the kind of thing where a normal person would say, yeah, maybe go go talk to God about that. He means it literally. Like, maybe you should take it up with God. <laughs> nice guy. Likes to talk to people. <laughs> I got an earring. Maybe he'll talk to you. You want to try? Yeah, check it out. And as they're as what Max comes out and as they're leaving, the ambassador's like, it's good to meet you. Good for me. Yeah. Shows which stories I should believe. And he goes, which ones are those? And Dahl goes, the true ones, of course. I trust my time here will be profitable. Good day, Senator. So what the hell does that mean? He goes back into the ship and you just hear this. Hey, you're supposed to flush. <laughs> <laughs> or even better. It's like, how did he get it on the ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> and so, they they get back home and uh, Steris is putting Tindwill down for a nap. And Max's like, Mom, I got to poop on an airship. And I got some strange <laughs> toilet paper. I love that she reply as she replies with only only the enthusiasm a mother can <laughs> reply <laughs> with or something. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah. That gave me the uh <laughs> that gave me the impression where she's like, Oh my gosh, you did? It's like uh yeah. 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 Oh wow. <laughs> Yep, I know exactly what it's talking about. It's just like <laughs> they could they come in and it's like, Dad, an alligator ate me. I'm like, really? That's so exciting. Wow. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. I'm so I'm thrilled to hear that. Like, <laughs> I am excited about this information. And I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> but it's he's. I also got some strange toilet paper. It's white instead of brown. I traded for it just like Uncle Wayne says. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. The accents were one thing, but this is not something you want Wayne passing on to your children. Yeah, especially since he appears to have just traded his feces for the toilet paper. It doesn't seem like a, it seem like a great trade. I mean, it, does, it does feel like an appropriate trade, but when you start trading turds for something else, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Just imagine like an international incident starts over this. It's like we are going to war. Why? Because of one of one of our um bathrooms had all the toilet paper stolen, damn it. Yeah. We are a petty people. <laughs> yeah, we are a petty and masked people. Uh, uh my, 
I, I just want to imagine Max walking around in regular life being like, oh, man, I really want that. But I don't have anything to trade for it. Oh, wait, hold on. And then he just, like, runs to the bathroom. <laughs> <sighs> he keeps, like, a like the the doggy bags in his pocket at all times. Just yeah. So he's always at the ready. Yeah, he's like, all right, I'm going to put this bag here. And then I'm going to take this and we're even. We're square. <laughs> Who is not payment? Marasite drops Max off at home, just like a like Wax. We we had to arrest him again. It happened again. He's like, oh god, what was it this time? Okay, shit. <laughs> it's like, what do you? What did you? What did he get for it? Well, it was a piece of chewing gum. Oh god. One interesting point that I took out of here was that Wax is like, tell Steris, you were right about the unification timetable. The ambassador will announce a new consortium of states under the Malwish banner. So Steris had worked out when the Malwish unification was going to be complete. She's just so useful, so helpful to have around. Uh, and while he was gone, they received a card from Marisai. Meet us at the mansion at three. Exciting news. I killed the guy and dug out his piercings. Sounds exciting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like, like my Saturday night. And Wax says, should we bring Max? And Steris says, how likely is it to involve explosions? And he says, I mean, with us, you can never tell. And she says, okay, he stays here with Kath then. His history tutor's coming anyway. That's probably a good idea. We've we've taken him on enough dangerous missions today. And then we go back to Marisai, who's walking into the constable's, uh, the fourth octant constabulary headquarters, nice and cleaned up, nice uniform on. And everyone turns and looks at her, and then there's applause. And she's thinking, oh, that's okay. This is all, you're not supposed to be applauded by your coworkers. Like, this is a little bit awkward, but it's nice to be appreciated. And, uh, she she's glad handing some people talking to she's got actual friends in in her job now which she's like wow this is finally passes gorglin who if you'll recall was the guy that uh, wayne said is a giraffe he the tall man's head almost brushed the ceiling so there that confirms why he's a giraffe i guess and then when we get inside constable uh constable general reddy's office he says constable combs can you make any sense of this and here's a sketch of gorglin as a giraffe hiding in a constable's uniform and it says approved by expert types oh wayne he raided the stationery cupboard again (laughs) and we found this and then he just puts it in a big folder on the corner of his desk where he keeps wayne complaints complaints about wayne and it's it sees so much use that he doesn't even bother putting it back in the filing cabinet anymore because he'll just have to pull it right back (laughs) out again it's just made me think of there's an episode of The Office where the HR guy listens to people complain about their coworkers, and then he he writes down everything they say and he complete he keeps the complaints like in folders in a filing cabinet. And you know at one point the the Michael Scott the uh, Steve Carell character takes takes the folders from him because he thinks that it's unhealthy for them to just talk about it and never do anything. So he's going to get all the people to air out their complaints with each other out in the open. And uh, there's like a little thing where it cuts to him. He's like, I noticed none of these complaints are about me. And then it goes back to the AHR guy and he's like, oh, I have a separate file for Michael. It's like an entire (laughs) like box of stuff from like, and he's like, this is just the first quarter. (laughs) Oh, the office. Uh, We also find out that, some men in bowler hats have been here looking for Wayne. Freddie says some accounting firm, probably the collections department. It seems like Wayne owns money to important people this time. Mm, made me think of the government guys from Red Dead. Yeah, yep. I can see that. And so she says, okay, I'll take care of it. 
And he trusts her. He's like, okay, I'll leave that to you. The governor has been after me to get evidence that the outer cities are siphoning off weapons, and you prove that today. Like, I am a happy police chief today. But what she found in the cycle's pocket is a list of tests that they were running to see how often shipments into Ellendale were inspected. And he's like, wait, what? Not like shipments out of Ellendale? It's not illegal to ship things into Ellendale. Why are what's going on? And he's just like, I find this vaguely unnerving. And I'm sitting here thinking like, well, yeah, you should. It sounds like they're going to try to sneak in, I don't know, a bomb or something like I, although I'm not sure what would be outside the city that they need to sneak in at this point, that they would have to sneak in like in a shipment that they couldn't sneak in, you know, other ways. But I don't know. Plague rats. (laughs) Maybe. And so she's got an idea for a sting, basically. So these guys were about to make a shipment of weapons and food and stuff to Bilming. And she says that, like, they, they'd be running quiet right now. They didn't have any radio equipment down there. Probably no one knows that we've taken these guys, so they're probably still expecting that shipment. We could, you know, deliver it ourselves and snag them all up. And Reddy's concerned that, like, you, you, you can't hold that, like, subterfuge very long. And Mary says, like, well, I mean, we do have the cycle's corpse. And he doesn't pay attention to that right away. She has to come back in a minute and mention it again. But, uh... She, he's like, you, you realize that most people don't believe in your, this secret organization you keep chasing, right? And she's like, well, I mean, you know, those guys were working for somebody back when uh, Mr. Suit, Wax's uncle, when we captured him with all those guys. Clearly something was going on. So Reddy's like, well, I believe you. It's just a lot of people, you know, they, they're looking at this kind of sideways. She has to mention the corpse again. He's like, wait, how does having a corpse help us? She's like, I'll ask Harmony to lend us a chondra. And that makes Reddy even more uncomfortable. Like, um, he's uncomfortable when she implies that she's close to God. And she's like, really, I've never met him. I know death way better than I know God. Yeah, that makes it better. <laughs> you met death once. Yeah, right? As far as we know. Yeah. Maybe they well, hang she's, out. She's never met God, up. though. It's true. Yeah. He's uh, act- she's actually not dating Alex. She's dating Marsh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. But yeah, he's like, look, the governor's going to be so happy with what you did today. Funding approved for whatever it is you're wanting to do. Well, let's let's do it. She shows him the trellium. He's like, wait, is that adium? And she's like, no, we think it's trellium, a metal from off world, which once again makes him uncomfortable. He doesn't like the talk of other worlds. But she's like, I'm going to show this to wax first. And where everybody's like, I thought he was retired. And she's like, for this, you can probably consider him on the case. She comes back out, finds Wayne hiding from those bean counters. And uh, she's like, Wayne, they're bothering ready. You need to do something. Who do you owe money to this time? None of your business. I'll make sure they don't bother Reddy anymore. Fine. And she says, okay, I've set up a meeting for three o'clock with Wax. And Wayne's like, all right, well, we got work to do. Let's go. And that's the end of our chapters. So. Wait, wait, wait. You skipped over the whole part where he's a woman and he steals half her sandwich. Okay, yeah. I mean, I mean you know, Wayne, Wayne's Wayne's <laughs> doing his normal thing where he's well, dressing up. Oh, okay. Well, so I'm not even <laughs> going to mention the, the woman and the sandwich and the... <laughs> I mean, it's really not that lunch. weird for Wayne that, you know, either need dressing up like a woman and eating her sandwich. None of that is strange for Wayne. Did he trade for the sandwich? I forget. Yes. No, he just took half no. of it because he, he tried to take her tray like she was done. Yeah, he just thieved it. So, yeah, you know, Wayne's doing Wayne. What do you what do you want? <laughs> but no. OK, let's let's move into predicaments. We've had an interesting few chapters here. What do you guys think is coming up next? So the immediate thing, I think, yeah, I'm going to stick with what I said earlier. I think she's going to bring him the trellium, and that's actually what he's supposed to make the earring out of. 
I don't know why yet, though. I don't have a theory as to why that would work the way it works. Although, while we've been talking and thinking over things, I came up with a theory about Trell that I'll share in a minute. It's probably way wrong. I, I have to admit that I actually got the theory from Dragon Ball Z, so it's probably way wrong. But anyway. Yeah. So, uh, the, as far as the immediate stuff goes, yeah, I think I think he's going to clue in that he's supposed to be making an earring, that Harmony wants to make an earring out of Trellium. I don't think he's going to do it because, you know, he's pissed off at Harmony, I guess, still. Which, you know, that's kind of weird. A little iffy. But whatever. Yeah, I definitely think that this ninja lady is... I, I'm with Dak now. I think that was a really good theory, yeah, that she's probably from the Malwish trying to do some spying. Maybe part of the spy network. Or the other possibility I thought of is that they it could be somebody from Bilming who was coming to check on the progress on the shipment, even though they're not supposed to communicate. Mm. Um, and so they could actually be ready for her in Bilming based on that person being in the cave and, and seeing her. That's, that's yeah. a possibility I thought of that as well. That would not bode well for the sting, huh? No, it definitely would not. So we've got that in play. I really don't know what's going to go on with this new Malwish ambassador. I don't really know what what changes that's going to really make. I'm just trying to think of all the things that could come into play in this book. Like we have the Malwish, we have Trell, we have behind the scenes and the set and all that. And then we also have like this bill that basically is making the outer cities who are already have tension between them and Ellendale. Now that's going to raise tensions even more. So, you know, there could be like an all out war in our future in this book. I don't know. That just seems like a, it seems like an interesting place to go. Also a weird place to go. Although if this is the final part of era two, you know, we know that the final book in era one was bonkers. Like the world was coming to an end. There was lava everywhere. There was ash mounts and people dying everywhere. So, you know, you would hope that we've that we're not going to have a catastrophic situation like we had in that book based on what's been going on, but we we definitely could. You know, it's definitely a possibility. Um, but yeah, that's all I've got for immediate prediction. So I'll go, move on to what I think about Trell. So I I just been, we were talking and I was thinking and then I thought about Dragon Ball Z for some reason that popped in my head. I think maybe we made a reference to it or something. Maybe DBZ bridged. And I was yeah. thinking, uh, yeah, and I was thinking, wait a minute. What if, this is a big if, because we don't really, like, Trell is on schedule, but as far as as far as far we knew in Era 1, there was no other gods that that created this planet or were inhabiting this planet. You had, you had uh, ruin and preservation. And so uh, then I thought, well, maybe Trell was like a secret third god, and he actually made the planet itself, and that's why he can create, like, fire and ash or something like he's he is the he is the planet the planet of schedule the actual ground itself i thought about that for a minute but then i thought it'd be even more interesting although somewhat derivative of dragon ball z like i said what if what if harmony after becoming a god realized that his like selfish like more human tendencies were getting in the way of him being a balanced and good influence on the planet and so he somehow stripped himself of all of his like negative emotions being all of the things that made him more human because he was afraid of becoming like a lord ruler and decided to split himself literally and so by doing so he actually created a new metal and a new entity that ended up being trell now here's here's where that is probably going to fall apart from what we know, Trell existed way before uh, Era 1, so that's that's possibly not it at all. But 
we also know that says knew about the trellism trellish religion or whatever so could have possibly separated this entity and somehow began calling it trell although it doesn't seem like harmony knows a lot about trell so maybe maybe i'm way off here but i just thought that was a cool idea there's, yeah, there's is the one who told us about it, so he could totally. Well, uh, yeah, he know. would he would know about it about Trell, but wouldn't know necessarily if Trell existed or not, unless the shards have given him some kind of new knowledge, which they may have. I don't know, but yeah, um, that's that's my that's my out there theory. I thought it was a cool idea, but I I don't know how much stock I actually have in it. I like it. I think it's cool. Yeah, that's that that is. Some creative thinking, at least, on this. I like uh, th- that you've put a lot of thought into that one. So we can, uh, if uh, if nothing else, that's uh, pr- probably the best theory that we've got so far about uh, what is up with that Trell dude. Although getting rid of his negative uh, or human qualities would be tough when he's like half ruined. So the, yeah. that, the human part yeah, of him maybe been keeping works. that in check a little bit. Yeah. I, I, again, I don't know how it would fully work. So maybe maybe the other theory I had is better where Trell is like the actual planet itself. But. I don't know. You also had some interesting, I mean, you're pointing out that there's, like, we're kind of approaching war, not really just one war, we're approaching two potential wars here, and we're, yeah. uh, at this point, 15% of the way through the final book in this era, so unless the era is going to end with, like, you know, nukes fall, everybody dies, it would have to be a quick war. Yeah, I mean, I guess wars. there there was more buildup with Era 1 to, like, the world ending. Because mm-hmm. you kind of had the second and third book for that, but you know we know we know how Brandon is. Sometimes stuff happens real quick. That's true. Well, I guess this this sort of ties into what I was going to say. But like the last book did do a lot of setting up that there is potential war with the outer cities. They were leaning on that hard, and I think even in the second book, they in Shadows itself, they mentioned it a bit that the outer cities weren't doing so well and they weren't happy with the Elendil government, and then. All of a sudden, at the end of book three, they introduced this other faction from across the sea. Well, I guess just down south because the landmass is connected. But uh, then all of a sudden, it's like, oh shit, we've actually got two wars on the forefront. So, yeah, like, so yeah, what I was going to suggest is I, I think overall in this book, we're going to have divergent storylines. I think Wax is going to be trying to prevent the war with the Malwish, and Marisai is going to be trying to prevent the war with the outer cities. And they only cross over insofar as Trell is connected to both. So it's going to be a whole case of them trying to, yeah, just like try, like have, having their separate investigations that keeps going wrong because Trell is manipulating them both and they need to come together at the end and try and prevent both wars from blowing out because Trell is behind both, I think. Um, mm, okay. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what, to what extent that's going to take, but yeah, I feel like the like Wax and Marisai are going to be heavily separated for a lot of the books. They investigate the two different things and trying to, and trying to prevent them both from blowing up, and then yeah, se- then secretly they'll 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 come to Trell and find out how like some some big plot he's got is intended to blow both wars up at the same time and just wipe everyone out in the wars because that's what his agent at the end of the last book implied. It's like, well, bugger this, kill them all. So a, a nice big a nice big pair of wars like fought at the same time will do that quite well. Yeah, I don't really know what else. I think that like like I said, I think that this shit mask person is is a Malwish might be a Trellish agent. I do like the idea that you know keeping an eye on the shipment, finding out what was really up. I think that, I think that's an excellent idea. So we'll see how that pans out. I feel like that one's going to come off sooner. With the amount of uh, emphasis play, placed on Max early in this book, I feel like he's going to have a major part to play. But I don't know what 
that will be, but they're really hammering home, even in the Senate meeting. It's like, Wax, you're a parent now. You need to think of this like a parent. So I feel like that's going to be a heavy factor in this book. Wax acting the parent and trying to guide um, things with love and care and being unselfish in his motives in, in how he conducts himself. And Max is going to be like the, the, the embodiment of that side of things for him throughout the book, if that makes sense. No, oh, yeah. I think I get what you're saying. And you're right. They have been hammering pretty hard at the beginning of this book, the the whole new parent thing. We've, uh, we, we, I mean, we got like two whole wax chapters, at least, that was all around about Max, basically. Yep. I I don't know. I, I just, I guess I'm kind of expecting Telson to show back up in this book. So I thought it might be interesting if she's kind of gone off. I mean, she's obviously part of the set and reasonably high up from a trail perspective i just kind of thought that she would be around and it would just be kind of a bit of a mystery that she was still around uh, your idea may be my favorite one so far including the one that i had when i got there <laughs> yeah I, like i don't know i don't know what her involvement would still be you know we also don't know whether she just kind of got blown up as well like troll was like you failed and this is that now sorry yeah um, i mean we don't he was kind of cleaning house it seemed like yeah yeah, but you know, maybe she, maybe she got away from all of that. Maybe she's still useful. Maybe he's just let her go. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what exactly made me think of that. I just thought maybe it would be annoying for Wax as well to have his sister show back up. <laughs> but we didn't get it really enough, enough of a look or enough information. But I do like the idea of this person coming to check on the shipment or something like that too. And because yeah, you kind of lulled into this false sense of security that, oh, yeah, you've got the upper hand and then you really don't. And, yeah, I guess if Trell is, like, effectively possessing people, you know, it's a bit of a, yeah, let, let's spike you and now you're my agent. Mm. I mean, it's terrifying. It could be anybody at any time and that communication sort of goes both ways, really. It does sound very much like Trell is very similar to a like an adium sort of thing so where the trail was kind of around from the beginning i really like the idea that it's like we've heard trail before but then there's like evil sazed <laughs> is <laughs> trail like i think that's really kind of cool you know especially we know that harmony was having some issues in the last book we don't really know why he was in this bit of a fog so i don't know i reckon there's some merit to that idea that sounds really cool as well as for what's going to come up next, so I mean, I think I think we're still a bit early to be making predictions. I don't know the whole point of making predictions is that you don't know what's coming, but I feel like I need to see this meeting of the, like our four main characters to happen before I can go. Okay, here we're going. We're looking at two, you know, two wars, but we're really looking at three because Trell might be involved in the others, but overall, Trell's coming for Skadrill. Mm. whoever Trell is. So you've kind of got this civil war, then you've got the war between the Basin and the Malwish, and then the war on Skadrill. So I reckon the first two are probably going to get solved mid-book. I reckon they're, they're big, but I think they'll be, they'll be solved quicker, and then it'll be probably a case that they have to unite in some fashion, or they've picked sides and the, the, bigger, the bigger battle will happen. But you know, everyone's done a lot of growing and a lot of learning, and I don't know that anyone's safe in this book. It's so much. Starting the new book, it's just so much. God, oh, what's going to happen? I don't know. What's going to happen to these people that I love? Yeah, bit, bit, bit nervous for our protagonists. 
Yeah, last book. Anybody? I mean, in in the in the last book of the first era, Vin and Ellen both die before at the end of the book. So that that means anybody's on the table, basically. Anyone's on the table. That's right. Yeah. Yep. But I I do like you pointing out that it's like really there is this third war going on because we even get a hint that maybe there there could even be a group of uh, of people ready to attack when we're we're ta- get talking about the men of red and gold or whatever. So it's like oh. Mm. Maybe there is another group just waiting to sweep in and do some damage. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Okay. It's, it's, it's see, you you got me paranoid. Now we're gonna feel paranoid this book. Anybody, anything could happen at any moment to anyone that we care about. Just <laughs> what Jack was saying too about little Max being central to it. I was like, oh no, what if what if Trail chooses Max to be an agent of his? Oh that's shit! going to be the worst for Wax. Oh, oh no. no! Yeah, that'd be terrible. <laughs> This oh, too that's far. Hard. That's, too that's far. horrifying. Yeah, I agree. Too yeah, far. No, I'm hoping that if I think the worst, then it won't be as bad. There, there you go. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a good approach. <laughs> Besides, predicting predicting the worst will be the most entertaining for the listeners, so it's fine. It's true. It's true. Okay. Well, speaking of what comes next, for next time, we are reading six more chapters. This can be 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16. 11 through 16. Okay. We got that in our chat while I'm thinking about it. Yes, I told you guys, we got some big chunks this book. Beyond that, we do not have any new emails, any new patrons, any new uh, anything that we need to go over this time out. This will be a quick wrap up. If anyone would like to send us emails, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Patreon, Patreon where I'm releasing my own first reactions as I was reading this book. So that's still in the process of, uh, of coming out those episodes. Uh, we have had issues the last couple of weeks. I was telling these guys about with Pocket Casts. Actually, first week it was Apple Podcasts and Pocket Casts. We're not updating with our new episode on Monday. I think I got oh. the Apple Podcast thing fixed because it updated fine this week. But Pocket Casts still waited till Wednesday to put, our new, put up our new episode. So if anyone does listen to us on Pocket Casts, uh, through Pocket Casts, I'm sorry that uh, about the delays. I'm seeing if I can figure out anything, but that is not one of the ones that I specifically signed up us up for and have like an account where I put our thing on there. So I don't have as much control over that as I do on, say, like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, where I created the account. So I'm working on figuring out why that is and what I can do to uh, get those updating again. But but uh, if you guys want to, if you, if you know. If you want to email us, I would really love to hear from you guys, especially if you were at the con and we didn't get to see you, or if we, even if we did get to see you. Um, I'd just love to hear from you guys. And, you know, we talked a couple episodes ago about what we felt about the convention, and I'd just like to hear everybody else's thoughts. Uh, if anybody else was there that listens, shout out to us. We'd, we'd like to know what you guys thought was fun, even if it's something you can only share with Data. He can, he can share the vague excitements that you guys maybe had. I'd, I'd love to hear it. You'd be like, hey, yeah, I met those guys. They were jerks. It's it's fine. Yeah, that's true. So thank you for listening, everybody. Like I said, six chapters for next time. Music by Miracle of Sound. And wasing to the time of next. Colo.
and and not too long after she's done with that and she's watching these guys, she starts thinking like like somebody mentioned. It's like. Oh, hi, what's up? What do you need to ask me, baby? I want to hug you. Well, I love hugs. Come here. Oh. <laughs> okay. Go play. Bye. <laughs> I think we need to take a moment to realize how adorable that was. <laughs>